Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? What about the land? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I want my MTV. Twenty-one years. Rediscovery of the years 1980-2001. With your host, Sam Williams. Hello, pop culture vultures. Welcome to 21 Years, the bonus episode. Now, I told you guys, I missed a week, so we're going to try to do some kind of condensed, fun bonus episode you guys can get into. And tonight, we're going to be doing Max Headroom and the Max Headroom Incident. Now, some of you may or may not remember this, and it was kind of a crazy time when this happened, which was basically when a TV show signal was hijacked using Max Headroom's likeness. But before we get into that story, we're going to talk a little bit about Max Headroom, where he came from. Now, you guys may remember him from ads and marketing campaigns, and he even had his own show for a little while. But honestly, the idea behind Max Headroom is a really kind of strange, complicated idea. The character of Max Hedrum, which was created by a man named Rocky Morton. He was a music video director that would later become infamous for co-directing this disastrous movie, Super Mario Brothers. It was a film that, if you guys remember, it was absolutely horrible. And it was released in 1993. However, before that all happened, he introduced Max Hedrum to the world. And in 1985, a made-for-TV movie named Max Hedrum, 20 Minutes into the Future, was released. Inside the bizarre cyberpunk-themed post-apocalyptic universe that Max Headroom existed in, he was an artificial intelligence that acted as a TV host who was often responsible for saving the world with his news broadcast. But where did Max Headroom's name come from? In the Max Headroom TV series, journalist Edison Carter is regularly investigating the corrupt television companies in an effort to blow the lid off of them and open people's eyes, diving deep to try to expose the companies for what they are. But after one particular sensitive incident, Max Hedrum, the digital talking head, was born. After a nasty incident where Carter was left comatose, the last thing he saw before falling into his coma was Max Hedrum 2.3 meters, indicating a sign of clearance in a parking lot entrance. Thus, the name was born, Max Headroom. Attempts were made to download his consciousness to create a virtual version of Carter, which ended up stuttering, jittery, and a lot more sedonic than Carter, though it was based off his memories as a whole. Max Headroom was born from this series of events. The character of Max Headroom had a bizarre appearance, which often required the actor portraying Max to spend several hours on each day of filming to get his hair and makeup done. The mannerisms of Max Hedrum harken back to the early Jim Carrey days with odd humorous facial tics and a physical stutter. In addition, his voice was overdubbed with some electrical samples, which gave the character Max Hedrum a distinctive distorted sounding voice. The character of Max Hedrum, who was later expanded into a full-length TV series, which began airing on ABC in March of 1987. 
That year, he would become a popular figure throughout America, eventually being chosen to act as a new spokesperson for New Coke, telling viewers to taste the wave. Eventually, the Max Headroom television show would be canceled in the middle of its second season early in 1988. That would bring about the end of the Coke campaign and spell the end for Max Headroom's adventures for the time. However, many think that the show's cancellation was due less to low ratings or any kind of creative differences between producers, because by the time that the show was canceled, the character of Max Headroom had made national headlines for the most bizarre of reasons. This is the story of the Max Headroom incident. On November 22, 1987, two TV stations in Chicago, Illinois, were hijacked in an act of video piracy by a video of an unknown person wearing a Max Headroom mask and costume, accompanied by distorted audio with a corrugated metal panel swiveling in the background to mimic Max Headroom's geometric background effect. The first two intrusions took place during the sports segment of a live broadcast on WGN-TV's The 9 O'Clock News. Home viewer screens went black for 10 to 15 seconds, then displayed the image of a person wearing a Max Headroom mask and sunglasses rocking erratically in front of a rotating corrugated metal panel. It mimicked the real Max Headroom's geometric background effect, accompanied by a staticky buzzing noise. The tire incident lasted for about 28 seconds and was cut off when engineers at WGN changed the frequency of the signal linking the broadcast studio to the station's transmitter atop the John Hancock Center. Upon returning to the airways, WGN sports anchor Dan Ronan commented, Well, if you're wondering what happened, so am I, and joked that the computer running the news took off and went wild. Rowan then produced to restart the report for the day's Chicago Bears game, which had been interrupted by the intrusion. That same night, around 11.20 p.m., the signal of local PBS station WTTW was also interrupted during an airing of Doctor Who. The culprit was the same Max Hedrum impersonator, this time speaking with distorted audio. The masked figure made a comment about nerds, called WGN sportscaster Chuck Swirsky, a freaking liberal, held up a can of Pepsi while saying, catch the wave, held up a middle finger after singing the phrase, your love is fading, humming the theme song to the 1959 cartoon series, Clutch Cargo, and saying, I still see the X. He pretended to defecate and said he had, quote, made a giant masterpiece for all the great world newspaper nerds and discussed sharing a pair of gloves with his brother, all accompanied by various vocal exclamations. After what appeared to be a crude video edit, the person had moved mostly off screen with his partially exposed buttocks visible from the side. The voice cried out, Oh no, they're coming to get me. Ah, make it stop. While a female figure who was masked spanked him with a fly swatter. The image faded briefly into static and then viewers were returned to the Doctor Who broadcast after a total interrupted time of 90 seconds. Technicians at WTTW Studios could not counteract the signal takeover because there were no engineers on duty at that hour at the Sears Tower, where the station's broadcast tower was located. According to station spokesperson Andrew Yoakum, technicians monitoring the transmission from WTTW headquarters attempted to make corrective measures but couldn't. Air Director Paul Rizzo recalled that, As the content got weirder, we got increasingly more stressed about our ability to do anything about it. The pirate broadcast ended with the hijackers unilaterally ending their transmission. By the time our people began to look into what was going on, it was over. WTTW received numerous phone calls from viewers who had wondered what had occurred. The station was able to find copies of the incident with the help of Doctor Who fans who had been taping the show. An investigation by FCC engineers quoted at the time that the perpetrators of the intrusion faced a maximum fine of $1,000 and up to a year in prison or both. However, as a specific statute of limitations is not listed for this type of intrusion, 
The default five-year limit was exceeded as of November 11, 1992. How the culprits were able to hijack the television signal? Still unknown. Though rumors have always been about who was actually hijacking the signal, the culprits have never been caught. To this day, it remains one of the biggest mysteries in television production history. I hope you guys really enjoyed this bonus episode. I think it's a really interesting little capsule of some odd thing that happened uh, many, many years ago in the 80s. And I remember a news broadcast uh, talking about the hijacking of the airwaves in, in Chicago, Illinois. And I remember being kind of put off as maybe a publicity stunt by the uh, television series to try to get more viewers to watch and whatnot. But it wasn't. It was a... Uh, it was a very, very strange thing that happened, and it was kind of creepy, honestly. And uh, you can find find those uh, video versions, of course, on YouTube if you want to see it. But it's a very, very strange thing that happened, and kind of a weird '80s mystery. Uh, and I thought it'd just be a fun little bonus episode for you guys to listen to. It wouldn't be too long. You can kind of listen to a little bit of the history of Max Headroom. Listen, you know, it's a kind of a confusing background. Uh, I don't remember any of the history of Max Hedrum as far as I didn't watch the TV show. I remember Max Hedrum, of course, marketing and uh, commercial wise, the character was everywhere, much like Spud McKenzie. Uh, but the background of him and, and whatnot always seemed kind of maybe to a little sci-fi and dreamed up. And I definitely recognize that now going back and looking at the history of Max Hedrum and the story behind his creation uh, and his TV show. Very strange, very strange, really. But, I mean, the, the, the character itself was a very, very popular character that sold a lot of products. And um, a lot of people were really into Max Headroom just because he was really different. But definitely go check that out if you get a chance on YouTube. You can definitely you can see those videos there. And uh, it's, it's creepy. I'll just put it that way. It's very, very strange. Anyway, thanks, guys, for listening to the bonus episode. We'll be back next week with something fun to uh, dive into, 80s or 90s. I think I need to do some 90s stuff, don't I? And we're doing a lot of 80s stuff. It's just a great era. So maybe we need to dive into something 90s. Uh, we'll definitely do that. I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks for listening. Share us. Subscribe. Don't forget we're on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere where you get your podcast. So please uh, be a part of our family and uh, share us with who you can and subscribe. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one. This is El Dangeroso. You're listening to 21 Years. Mm-hmm.